Greetings, fellow travelers. Welcome to the 87th level of the RPG Cave. This is a special one tonight, folks, because it's not our, your usual episode. My name is Ryan Tufford, the level 99 human archmage, and I am joined by the first time in a fortnight by two illustrious gentlemen. We're going to start, of course, with the level 99 human baker, Mr. Kevin Ainsworth, the Muffin Mon. How's it going, Kevin? Oh, there, I was like, human baker? Who's who's that? Does Matt, does Matt have a secret career as a baker? And then I was like, oh, Muffin Mon. I get it. I get. I make muffins. Yeah, See? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And then, of course, rejoining us is the level 99 half-dragon barbarian. Matt Sawinski is also here. How's it going, Matt? What's up, dude? I've leveled up to... Hold on, wait. Before we get any further into this, uh, I have to ask... Um, of course, Kevin and I, the Baker and the Half Dragon Barbarian, yeah. are, are still are still level ninety nine. But I would be remiss not to ask: Have you now technically leveled up to a hundred? Because it was just your birthday, and I want everybody to know that because you should be celebrated, Ryan. You're doing an amazing job. I'm very lucky to call you a friend. And before we get any deeper into freaking out about anything else, happy belated, you level one hundred. Aww. Whatever you said, because I already forgot. Human archmage. Because I'm, I'm half I, dragon baker. Look, I have all of the reason, I, you know, to, to throw people behind the curtain a little bit. You know, the reason why, of course, my class monocar on the RPG cave is human archmage is because I've got the wealth of knowledge of RPGs like a good archmage would have with their their like book of spells. So, mm -hmm. see, you know, I, I didn't didn't just come off of it off the cuff. You know, that's OK, so then. Rack. Well, well, Kevin being the Muffin Mon, the, the baker makes sense. Why am I a half-dragon barbarian? Can I ask? Is there like a thought process that you put into each one of us? Because no. now I need to know. I just get to the edge of the diving board and I just assign you a random race and, and character class. D &D I appreciate style. that even more. We're good then. Yeah. That, in fact, actually, I haven't even been consistent the entire time you've been on the nope. show. No, you haven't. No. Nope. I think I've been a barbarian every time, but different races of barbarians each and every time. Yeah. Um, but I will ask, am I allowed to carry my stuff, not in like a pack or a satchel or possibly like a rucksack, but can I carry it in a blue box strapped to my back? I oh mean, you sure God. can, because you are the blue yes. box. Let's go. That is, that is of course, a thing. Derailed enough. It's a PlayStation Drive reference, folks. You can go back and go listen to that, of course. But this is the RPG Cave, where we talk about the RPGs all the time. So folks at home, if you want to support the show, there's a number of awesome ways to do that. If you're watching the video on demand right now, we're usually live stream, but this week we're actually doing a little pre-recorded thing. Uh, don't forget to like the video, subscribe if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, and don't forget to ring that notification bell to be notified whenever we go live with a new live stream or whenever we put up a video like this one on the channel, it helps the show grow. Or let us know in the comments below what you think about the Trail series and uh, Trails of Azure, which is, of course, tonight's topic. Also, if you're listening on audio feeds, don't forget to subscribe to us if you haven't subscribed already there as well, or rate us if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That helps the show get discovered in a big way and helps us out. And then last but not least, if you want this show on the audio side a little bit early or some exclusive content, you can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Carpool Gaming, throw a little tip in the old tip jar and out comes content. And without further ado, gentlemen, it is time to read from the sacred text. Look, you guys don't have to pull up the scrolls. It's just me. Okay? That's, it's fine. Matt's got scrolls in the video and Kevin just feels left out. So, of course, as I mentioned tonight, we are doing a special episode of the RPG Cave. We don't get to do these that often. But I thought it'd be fun, especially because, again, this week's my birthday week. So I wanted to, you know, do like a, you know, a different kind of episode this week. Um, we are, in fact, doing a review discussion of Trails to Azure, the new game, of course, from from Falcom. Now, to be fair, it's new in quotation marks. It's not really a new game. It's kind of a, a port of a game. But Matt from the Press Pool apparently has a question already. We just got Matt started. From, Matt, Matt from the Press Pool. Um, I would just like to, you know, point out the fact that, yes, we are celebrating your birthday as we're also talking about trails. And I think a wonderful birthday gift from the listeners, from the community, would be to go to the RPG Cave, leave those five-star reviews, support the show. I think that's a wonderful way to support Ryan and the RPG Cave on the week of his birth. Uh, so, yeah, you want to give him a present? Go do that. No money involved. Just go support. Yeah. You know? It's 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 the uh, the best way to support us for free. And God, I, I'm not I'm not used to so much love on the show, man. I don't know what I did to deserve this. But. It's your birthday and you're special. You will get love. Jesus Christ. All right. Let's, let's roll into <laughs> it. Of course. We ought to talk about Trails to Azure, of course. So uh, first off, I'm going to start with a question from Sean Capri, the pants man himself from the Discord, who asked the question, Hi, I have a question. What's Trails of Azure? Even though I said the correct name on Discord, right. he didn't even <laughs> say the correct name back. 
of course, uh, asking us what this game is all about. So, of course, Trails to Azure originally launched on the PSP on September 29th, 2011, only in Japan, with a PlayStation Vita version launching again only in Japan on June 12th, 2014. Of course, the game is available now for the first time outside of China or Japan on Switch, PS4, and PC, because there was actually a PC version that came to China only, also in 2014 as well. I think it was just basically the same version that came to Vita, Um, but it's just weird that it came to those two regions and never came out here, uh, of course. So we finally have the the last chapter of the Crossbell Saga now in North America. Um, but I want to talk about, before we get into it real quick, we talked about this the last time we did a review discussion because we also did a review discussion, the three of us together, uh, for Trails from Zero, which was the the game that came before this. If you want to go watch that, of course, if if, if I'm pointing my finger up now, uh, future Ryan should be putting up a little card here. Go, go, go click on that and watch our previous review there if you want to know about that. But we said this there, but I want to mention it again. I want to talk about our history with the Trails series because um, I know we come from you know, very different perspectives. And I want to make sure everything's kind of laid out here um, so the listeners know, you know, what our biases is going are into this. So, uh, Kevin, I'm going to start with you. Uh, where did you start with the Trails of Games? Great question. Um, Trails from Zero was my very first Trails game. So this would have been my second one. So I completed the Crossbell duology. But let me tell you, now I'm playing Cold Steel. I bought all the Sky games. Matt, you've indoctrinated me. I am fully in on the Trails games. You're you're one of them now, Kevin. <laughs> You've become one. Welcome. That, that is kind of crazy because yeah, I mean, before I go to Matt, of course, and have him give his whole spiel, I also was kind of like you, Kevin, where I also started with zero. I wasn't as into zero as, as I know you were. We we again talked about that on the first review. Um, so it's one of those things where when when Trails from Azure came out, uh, I was excited to check it out. Um, but I also wasn't, you know, chomping at the bit to, to, you know, play it and then also play all the, the other trails games. Um, but I might, I might surprise you guys a little bit later when we talk about this game a little bit, cause I, I, I may have changed my mind a little bit on this series, but Matt, what about you? Cause I know, I think you've got the, the deepest history with this series out of mm-hmm. all of us, right? Yeah, no, I absolutely love this series. So I started playing with trails of cold steel back on the Vita. Uh, I finished Persona 4 Golden, I finished P3P, and I was like, I want more of this kind of game. Where do I find more of this? Uh, And after scouring the internet, I landed on Trails of Cold Steel, uh, played the first one, and the and you know I ended up playing the second one, playing Trails of Cold Steel two, Trails of Cold Steel three. Well, going went back to Trails in the Sky, went back into Trails in the Sky second chapter, um, and of course then Trails from Zero, and now I'm in Trails to Azure. Uh, the only ones that I haven't played are Trails of Cold Steel four, which I own, I just haven't jumped in yet, um, and Trails the third, which is the third kind of like the Sky of the Sky uh, trilogy. Um, I love these games. Uh, I think they're super, super special, and I think they're incredibly slept on in the in the kind of ethos of the greater RPG era. Um, for anybody who's unaware of what these games are entirely, it's essentially if you took like Game of Thrones, Persona, and like kind of mishmash them together into this giant setting. The differences in the games is that they take place in different countries all on the same continent so from trails in the sky we're in liberal or in trails of cold steel we're in arabonia and now in the in the trails of cold of zero trails from zero and trails to azure duology we're in crossbell and you pick up little things and there's like a ton of character crossovers across it uh all this is coming together finally this summer uh in trails into reverie and i i love this series i think it's so so special and it's just there's so many things where like after playing until like 1230 last night, I ended up spending way too much time and staying up way too late watching a bunch of recap videos and learning more about the continent. And like, I never do this stuff. I'm not one to spend time learning fictional history, let alone real history. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I'm still deep diving into like the hundred year war and all this stuff that happened. Um, there's this, this series is really, really cool. And I'm excited because Crossbell was always touted as the duology that everybody needed to play with trails to Azure commonly being referred to as one of, the best trails games and i'm happy that they're finally here um and leading us into what will be the next chapter i I love this series so much yeah absolutely and and yeah it's it's great to finally have those there i always love to celebrate when 
you know, games finally get a second chance that only came out in Japan that get a North American localization, you know, games like, you know, Trials of Mana and now this, and there are lots of games that fit this mold. And there are so many games still that we don't have um, that I'm hoping one day eventually come here. I'm looking at you, Konami, with police knots, okay? We need police knots to come to North America, but that hasn't happened yet, of course. But there's there's lots of games out there that are like that, that, uh, that we hope eventually will come out here like even god, god forbid valkyria chronicles 3 is the only valkyria chronicles game we never got because it was on psp only in japan and just like come on come on sega what are you doing here but anyways i think we should get into this discussion proper and talk about you know trails of azure also i think it's important to notice as uh note as well before we get into this discussion how far we are in the game so kevin's the only one here who's actually finished the game um, mainly because it's that time of year where everyone kind of knows in, t- in 2023 where all the games are out at the moment. So I know, Matt, you and I just haven't had as much time to to jump into this. How, how far did you get, Matt, real quick? I'm um, somewhere around 10 to 12 hours in. I've like the, the game has, from what I understand, like five chapters. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kev. Um, I around there. don't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm think I'm think I'm somewhere around the halfway point. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're halfway. Yeah. Whereas I only I got through chapter one and the prologue, so I mean I did I got far enough, um, but but it, it but it's definitely a lot less than than Kevin or Matt. But I do have again a lot to say even after just getting through chapter one, because um, there that is still a pretty big chunk of game there because that's still you know seven hours or so. But mm-hmm. um, so of course I want to do a quick story synopsis now. Wait, I don't want to. Sorry, sorry. Very quickly. Where are we all playing? Because I think that's also important to discuss, mm-hmm. given how mm-hmm. much we spent time focusing on that last time. Uh, yeah. Personally, I'm playing on Steam Deck. And uh, I think we both played on PS5, right, Kevin? Yes, I'm playing on PS5. Yeah, Sam. Yeah. And <laughs> we'll get to talk about some of some stuff, maybe with the PS5 version, because I'm interested to know how that compares with Matt's experience a little bit. Because, that again, that was a big point of contention with with Trails mm-hmm. from Zero as well. But um, I want to do a quick story synopsis just to, you know, set the stage a little bit here so we, we can get into the story. But, of course, we're going to try and keep this as spoiler-free as possible because, of course, one of the best aspects of this game is the story. So we just don't want to, you know, spoil too much. Um, but there might be some slight spoilers from Trails from Zero, um, so just, you know, be aware of that when we, we kind of talk about this a little bit. So, uh, Trails to Azure takes place a few months after the ending of Trails from Zero as it wraps up the cultist plot from the end of the first game. Um, basically the prologue kind of wraps up that plot before introducing everything else, uh, and, and reintroducing you into the world of Crossbell. Um, Lloyd then returns to Crossbell to restart the special support section with two new members, but a shadowy new plot develops to manipulate the powers of KEA, the mysterious girl who you rescued in Trails from Zero. It's up to the SSS to stop this insidious plot and restore order to Crossbell. I think that kind of sums things up not nicely without kind of going too much mm-hmm. into the story itself. But but I, I got to know, and I, I got to start with Kevin, of course, because I know that you finished it. What did you think about the story in this game? Because I, I got to say, even just in the little bit I've played, I'm really enjoying it so far. But I'm curious to know what your take is on it. Yeah, so I, I know when we talked about from uh, Trails from Zero, my overall impression was it was it was an okay game. There was a lot of uh, like two hour sections where it'd just be clicking through dialogue, a lot of exposition. And what I have to say about Trails to I say Azure, by the way, people can make fun of me and the kind don't pronounce Azure, right? Um, it's just going to happen. But what I can say about this game is it has none of those problems. This story from start to finish is what I consider to be a masterpiece. I love this game. I cannot stress that enough. Every character, the twist and turns that you go through, I did not see coming. I don't know how you would have seen them coming. And then just the, there's so many things I wish I could just say that are spoilers that will blow you away emotionally. And it's, it's incredible. I absolutely love this game. I love the new characters that you get into the SSS, which I don't know if we're... Is that a spoiler to say who joins the... No, I don't think it's a spoiler. We can talk okay. about it because it's in all so, the promotional material. It's literally so, on the cover of the game. Yeah, so uh, Noel and uh, Wazi join. And Wazi has is by far... I liked liked him or them. I don't... Whatever their pronouns are um, because that's one of the things in the game. But... Um, 
I liked them a lot in from uh, from zero and the way that they play such a big role in this game I was not prepared for and I loved it one of my favorite characters and then you get like a starring role almost from Randy who I also really liked from the last game he comes into his own so much more backstory and my god the things they do with this game and these characters I cannot praise it enough nice yeah actually and to your point Kevin like that was one of the th- one of my hangups with Trails from Zero is just how slow of a start it really gets because mm-hmm. I remember playing that game and it was a tough slog for me to get through Mm -hmm. I remember because it was just so slow at the beginning, like even with the fast forward mechanic, which is I'm glad that they brought back in this game as well. um, Like it just felt just like such a sludge just to get through chapter one of that game. Um, So the, the, the just the pacing overall, even in just the little bit of the game that I played so far has just been like a much bigger improvement over the first game. And I do think that they did a great job of that as well. And also before I go to Matt about this, one thing I want to point out as well If you didn't play Trails from Zero for whatever reason, number one, you should play it first before playing this one. Please don't start Mm -hmm. with this one. But if for some reason you decide to start with this one first, um, one of the interesting things that they do is there is like a text recap that goes over the story um, in the game. If you do want to, you know, learn about it or if you just want a quick refresher, if it's been a long time since you played you know, Trails from Zero, like I, I know that for me personally, it had been a while after picking this one up since playing the last one. Um, so I needed a little bit of a refresher to remember kind of all the little things that happened. So I'm glad that it has that in the game as well. And one of the interesting things about this as well is you can actually bring your save over if mm-hmm. you finished Trails from Zero. Um, but if you didn't, um, all your characters actually start at level 45 in this one. Um, so there is so so you do start at like a serviceable level even if you don't carry your save over um but if you carry your save over you get a lot of nice bonuses and stuff like that so so all my characters started at level 50 yeah which i think is the max that if you when you carry over a save they can start at so they were all like and i was like that's one of the things i really liked about this game that we can go to matt was that like i didn't wipe away everything that i did in the last game and i was like is this is like the trails like staple and when i play cold steel 4 or my character is going to be like level 200 (laughs) so it's awesome yeah matt i want to hear from you now what what did you think about this yeah, uh, I'm loving it so far. Um, Trails to Azure, like I said, is heralded as having one of the best stories. And like Kevin mentioned, they don't start you off with being like, oh, no, I coincidentally forgot everything I learned last time around. Like, I, I have none of the same moves. They literally pick you up and drop you in. Um, this really is like the, you know, the second chapter of, of the story. You cannot go into this game without playing uh, Zero. Um, and I would tell you, like, I would say, like, you shouldn't, especially just because a lot of the characters, the build up, the moments between them pay off a lot in this game so knowing them and knowing what they've gotten into and that's the thing about the trails games is that they have so much like political intrigue so many like geopolitical politics there's a whole world there's events that happen in this game that are directly referenced referenced in other games so like i have an idea of where this game is going just because i've played some of the other games before um and again like there's like actual like fan ways to play this where you play like a chapter from cold steel then you play a chapter from azure you play a chapter from the like there are ways that you could actually flip back and forth between um these characters and the different stories to like tell like one bigger overall story and that's the thing that gets me the most about the stories when it comes to this game and the ones around it is that they've built in so much from like 10 or 15 years before and i'm talking like actual time like i'm not talking in-game time they've had this story mapped out for so long and none of it feels shoehorn none of it feels like oh this is just another thing that happened oh suddenly there's a twist they it, it genuinely builds on itself so coming into azure and then like again the first thing that you do is wrap up what happened before and then they continue they just kick off right away um i've loved the story so far but from what i've heard the point that I'm at now is where things really ramp up even further. And if that's true, which I'm sure that it is, I can only imagine because things have already been epic and wild and intense. Mm -hmm. And there's so much going on already that if it picks up on an even like, you know, to another plane of existence, like I can't wait. I love these characters. Crossbell itself feels like a living, breathing character, like coming back to this area right away. I was like, all right, there's downtown. I'm going this. Oh, I'm going over here to do this. I'm going over here to do this. I know exactly where I'm going to get my weapons like it just feels like returning back like you know 
to an old friend or like your hometown almost like Crossbell itself as much as like there should be a lot of praise leveled at the characters themselves, but the city itself is also just a really, really special and really interesting place that as things start to happen, you genuinely feel it alongside the characters because there is a lot of political strife going on in between these much bigger warring nations around you and you're stuck in this little kind of, you know, this little state. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it so far. And I'm glad that, you know, Kevin, that you enjoyed it so much because Again, like Zero is so important to Azure and Azure is so important to the greater scheme of the entirety of the Trails universe. Uh, Ryan, I'm, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts because again, like you, as you've already mentioned, you weren't that big on the on Zero. I know you liked it. It was fine. Yeah. Um, but how are you feeling with the opening hours so far? Yeah, it's interesting because again, like with Trails from Zero, I did like it at the end, but it was still, you know, I wasn't over the moon with it because mm-hmm. again, I just feel like it had a lot of pacing issues and it just... You know, it took forever to get the story going and it was good when the story eventually got going. Um, but I just, you know, wasn't super into it. And not only that, and we'll talk about it more when we get to combat stuff, because I have, you know, mixed feelings about the combat in this game as well. Um, but I do think that, you know, it's a much smoother experience going into this one. And I like to, to your point, Matt, there's a lot of payoffs, even just in chapter one, you know, referencing other things as well. But I know there's a lot of, re- there's even some references to things that are going over my head because, you know, references to stuff from, you know, Trails of the Sky and whatnot that I just, you know, haven't been able to pick on yet because I haven't picked, played those games yet. Because it is, to your point, it is like one big interconnected web a little bit where you kind of have to play a lot of these games in order to be able to get the most out of the experience. But even someone like me who hasn't played all those games, like I've, I think I'm coming around a lot on this franchise where before I think zero maybe wasn't probably the the place for me to start in particular. Um, but I definitely think now that I'm like fully invested in this game, um, I'm now more, much more inspired to now go pick up cold steel and play those games or pick up, you know, trails in the sky and maybe play those, uh, and kind of go from there with the rest of the series. And then, uh, you know, that of course gets me even more excited for, you know, later this summer when trails of reverie comes out as well. Cause you know, I think, you know, bringing all that stuff together, kind of end game style seems really appealing to me. Like I'm actually really excited mm-hmm. to see how all that pans out. So um, I think I'm definitely much more in on this franchise before. And it is because of this game. Definitely. Cause if I hadn't picked this up, I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have given the series another chance anyway. So I'm actually glad that I did. I think. No, uh, I, w- I would echo those exact sentiments, Ryan, where I, I, if this game hadn't grabbed me, I probably wasn't going to play the other trails games. Like I had sky one on my PC and I had played it for like an hour and I was like, okay, uh, I'll come back to this at some point in the future. And then I played Azure and, because I loved it so much, I was like, I'm now I'm fully committed. I went and bought the other two for Sky and bought all four Cold Steel because I was like, I, I need to dive deeper into this because I, I like Falcon games. I've I've been doing a deep dive since last year into the Ease series. Like I finished all those now. So like I really like their games. And to me, I was always sitting here like, why are the Ease games considered lesser than the Trails games? Because from everything I've played, the Ease were the better series. And now I'm like, okay, there's clearly more to this after playing this game and i was like i need i need to experience it yeah definitely uh, yeah because you're right that, that does come up a lot because like ease is definitely the more popular series as well like when, when you really think about like when when you talk about falcom games that's the one that people usually bring up first before the trails games so that's uh, interesting how that that's kind of panned out where i actually think you're probably right where you know, in the grand scheme of things, maybe the trails games are probably actually better when you play them all together. Whereas the ease games, I feel like the problem with them is that even though you've got, you know, the same main character through all the games, they just don't feel as connected and, and they change gameplay mechanics too, too often um, with those games where I've just never really been able to get to get into that series mm. at all because of it. But mm. yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things I, 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 of course brought up during that conversation, the combat and gameplay loop. So first off, if you've played zero before, you basically got the same gameplay loop this time around where you go to your mission computer, you look up all the missions, you do the urgent ones that are the ones you got to do kind of, you know, soonish. Um, you got the optional missions as well, where you can go out on the highway and go kill monsters or do, 
whatever. Um, and then you, you've got very similar combat to the first one as well with your magical attacks, um, your overpowered super moves and your, your tag team moves and stuff like that. Like it's all very similar to, to zero. So if you've played that, you're going to be right at home with the combat. Like, unless I'm wrong and I want you, either of you to correct me if I'm wrong about this, as far as I noticed, at least in my time playing, there's not really any improvements to the combat that they made with this one over the last one, right? I'm not missing anything. The only fundamental difference is the addition of the master courts. Um, so the yes. way that the like the combat functions um, in in zero and in a lot of the other ones is you have like a court system where as you'll slot them in, you'll get uh, different spells or you get different powered spells if you have a certain amount of different of the same colored courts. Um, and you can kind of really min max your characters as much as you want and kind of really build them out in whatever way that you kind of want to, depending on how you put those courts in. Uh, and master courts is something that was um, that's been in the series for a while, but it comes into the cross. Saga with Azure, where there's this kind of there's a major main quartz now that actually levels up alongside you um, that can build out your characters and you can swap master quartz in between in and out. So it's just it takes that system and kind of overhauls it a little bit by introducing like a bigger overall component to it. But in terms of like the kind of the minute to minute combat, the other major thing being um, Kevin, help me out. I'm blanking on the actual name of the mechanic, but it's like the rush mechanic. Where if you you'll have a bar on the top right that fills up over the course yes. of the combat, and as you initiate that, you're burst. able to burst. burst. That's it. Thank you. Burst. Uh, you're able to uh, you regenerate CP faster, which you use for your crafts, which are some of your special abilities. You're able to cast uh, arts, which are spells, right away. Um, so they they've done some things to kind of smooth things out a little bit, but at its core, it is still it is still like pretty much you know zero. They've just added more onto it. Yeah, it's it's fundamentally the same with so with a few tweaks. Like that burst system I found really helpful for boss battles. Um because I did find some of the boss battles in Zero to be a little bit of a slog and this game I would say is harder than Zero. Yep. Um it's like it just from from everything I played, I was like these bosses hit hard where zero didn't really like took a while but they didn't, weren't hitting me hard i wasn't yeah. reviving my characters that much here i'm like actually having to strategize and like to protect characters revive characters so that burst gauge really was something i was like i'm not using it in regular battles i'm gonna save it for boss battles at key moments when maybe i need to hit them really fast and hard with a bunch of moves or get a bunch of spells off, heal some people really quickly. Um, and I love the master court system. That's something that's in uh, cold steel as well, yep. which I noticed. So that just to me makes, makes the court system overall feel more impactful. Um, because I felt in zero, like I would just throw stuff in and be like, okay, but this with the master courts, it's like you level them up. And then it increases like if you get you start at like level one for some well, one of the master courts, it's like plus, I don't know, 10 percent attack during a certain phase for certain percent, uh, certain things. But then you can level it up and then it'll go up to like 25 percent, 30 percent. So it just makes you feel like, OK, my characters are getting like a lot better by sticking with like the master courts that I can cater to their specific needs and what works best for them. Like, like Tia, uh, Tio is, um, like she needs magic stuff. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to find one for her. I'm not going to give her an attack one close range. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. So yeah. I like that system much better. Yeah. And even like the, the thing that I really love about the system and it, it really comes into its own. I mean, Kev, you'll see more as you kind of go through cold steel, um, but you're really, really able to play with it on a very, very fundamental level. And I'm already seeing that into Azure, um, where like there were certain end game bosses throughout my time in zero and in cold steel that I would have bosses not be able to touch me um, if they were not resistant to everything, just because I would essentially spec my characters in such a way that the fastest characters had a bunch of delay quartz on them, which essentially pushes them down on the turn order. So they would almost never be able to attack just because consistently I was knocking them further and further down the turn order and not letting them get anything off. So if you're like, if you really spend time in that system, there's a lot of ways you can break it and kind of mess with it and really, really fundamentally build upon it, which is why the Master Courts are such a cool addition is because they really let you spec these characters. Mm -hmm. Should you be putting physical stuff on Tio? No, but you can. It will yeah. work. But <laughs> should you? No. But like there are ways that you can do it. Like even with Noel, I'm finding because, you know, she has kind of like 
a more immediate and powerful area of attack effect. Mm-hmm. I'm putting my delay stuff on her, and she's already pushing character, like pushing enemies down that turn order. So there's a lot of really fun ways you can mess with it that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because I just personally didn't get a chance to experiment a lot with that because in the earlier part of the game, but I imagine like, you know, when you when you get to chapter two and stuff, you probably do experiment a little bit more with the master court system that I just haven't really got a chance. So I was like, oh, I've, these are the ones I start with. So this is yep. this is <laughs> kind of how I'll sign it from here. And, you know, I'll play around with this a little bit later. But, but that's interesting because it almost like it almost feels like you can break the game in a lot of ways if you mm-hmm. really know what you're doing um, to make some of those combat encounters a little bit easier. Because to Kevin's point, it may, this game makes a strong impression, even it's even its first dungeon where you start the game in the prologue, because like there are boss enemies that will just do an attack and you'll just your character will instantly die. <laughs> just, just like, yeah. like you'll uh, lose you'll, i'm like my character has four thousand plus health and mm-hmm. he just hits him once and he's dead <laughs> like, no, well i said this game because i know you carry over your levels but like the prologue for this game is basically like right at the level of the, the final dungeon for the last game yeah. that's how i felt like going yeah. in i was like they're they're, they're th- kicking it off hardcore here and then like the boss of that dungeon is basically i was like this is the like almost the final boss of the, the last game so this is crazy and that's what I mean that it's just like it's not just for the story stuff as to why you should play zero first. You need to know and fundamentally understand your abilities from the get go here with a couple of these characters, because if you don't, that prologue dungeon will beat you back until you figure it out. So it's like you should be playing zero first. But yeah, it's just it's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. But overall, I will say, you know, as much as I I did like the I, I'm liking the difficulty so far, like I like the fact that it's actually a harder game this time around, but I'm also just the type of person that, you know, likes when when a sequel to a game actually increases in difficulty. Like, I, I like that about games when they do that. Um, I'm still not in love with the gameplay loop or as uh, in love with the combat as I would have liked. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't really love the idea of, you know, going to do a thing and then having to report back to the police station and stuff like that. Like, it's just... It's okay. Like, it's not amazing, but I'm just, again, not over the moon with the combat in this game. But again, the thing really pushing me forward is like getting to the next story beat. And that's really mm-hmm. what's pushing me through it rather than the combat encounters. What I think made the, the loop more satisfying for me this time around is the fast travel system is so yes. much better yeah. mm-hmm. where like not only can you fast travel everywhere in Crossbell right from the start, but then they give you a car and yep. so you can just fast travel to points in the outer map too. So like I don't have to walk to the random location in the middle of the, the bus stop. I can just take my car there, leave it and like warp back. It just makes everything so much more convenient. So I didn't even mind like the game, the loop just felt way more satisfying, way easier to go and do things. Yeah, it was much more it was much less of a slog because of that fast travel system. That car is incredible. Being able to take it out to the middle of nowhere, recall it back if you decide to go back another way, like they've really made the way that you get around in this game because you will regularly go from one side of the map to the other. And that mm-hmm. was something in Zero where you're just essentially running all the way there or taking the bus and then watching yeah. cutscenes. The car really makes a fundamental difference here in a fantastic way that makes it feel like it's actually great to do these things. And something that I love about the trail series is that, yeah, you will have, um, you know, your, your, you'll go to your computer, you'll get the missions that kind of are listed out for you. But every chapter has secret missions within it that unless you're paying attention to dialogue and unless you're exploring, you're going to miss stuff. Uh, and it's not something it's not stuff that will be fundamentally incredible to or fundamentally important to the experience. But there is there are character moments that you'll that are, again, unless you're paying attention and listening and those say stuff like we should go do this later. And it's like every other game that's kind of like a throwaway line. If you actually go do these things, you're rewarded for it and you'll get more bonuses towards the end of each chapter. So um, there, there is the car is fantastic, but it still doesn't take away that inherent thing that Trails does where you're rewarded for taking your time and exploring and looking for the things that the game kind of nudges you towards. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that that is really cool that they did spring like it sounds almost like what like almost like an experience like The Last of Us where you get so much more of that out of that experience if you go and collect all the collectibles and when you if you read all of that stuff like it, it sounds like it's definitely worth it to do all those things and again like it maybe just be 
not being in the, the mood to do that type of thing. Maybe that plays mm-hmm. into that a little bit where if you really want to get through, uh, get to kind of the next story beat as quickly as possible. This game just doesn't really let you do that mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like there's, you kind of have to go and do a lot of different things first to kind of progress the story forward, um, which maybe ties a little bit into why I didn't really love it as much, but um, overall it's still fun. And again, I think the um, it's still not the, definitely not the worst you know, paced RPG I've ever played or anything like that as far as the gameplay loop or the combat itself, because there's definitely worse games I've played, but I'm just not personally into super, super into it, but I can definitely see, you know, your point as to why you're definitely into it a lot, Matt, for sure. Like I could definitely see the appeal of it for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, other than the, the combat and stuff like that, we got to talk about the visuals. Um, because of course we got to compare this a little bit. So first of all, Matt, did you see any blurry signs while you're playing the game at all? I've had absolutely no issues graphically. Like the game looks as sharp and as crisp as zero did for me playing on the steam deck. Um, and like, again, like I'm, I'm good. I'm kind of curious to ask because something that we've talked about uh, when we've talked about playing zero, um, the steam deck version, the PC version lets you fundamentally change the experience a little bit. Like for example, the, uh, the fast forward system, which we talked about, uh, which is something that's something, you know, that we all enjoy is, you know, if you hit L, you're able to kind of put the game into fast forward mode. So everything moves at a quicker clip. Um, you can max that out to like you're at the default. It starts at like three. You can push both the battle and the overworld speeds to up to six. Uh, I did that. And like the overworld was too fast. I was literally flying through screen by screen. I dropped it back down to four, but kept the battle up at six. But in terms of graphics, no issues in terms of customizability, like custom, like customizability and accessibility, especially stuff for like the super speed. It's all there. And like, I know that it wasn't there last time we spoke. So I'm kind of curious to see, did they fix the graphics and did they add those accessibility features in on the PlayStation version? Nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. no the, way. Uh, the, uh, the signs are still that now to be fair, some of the signs aren't blurry. They look well, better. They, they definitely look, look better, better than zero. Yeah. But man, some of the like, you can't read half the signs in that game. For really? <laughs> yeah. From and, what and, from what I've read online is that the Switch and PC versions were the only ones touched up, and the PlayStation is a direct port of the okay. like the team they brought in to do it. Apparently used to like mod these games, so it's just a direct port of like they didn't do anything to the PlayStation version. Yeah. Which is what happened with Zero, which we talked about in that review as well, where it was basically just a straight port of the PSP version where because Matt was telling us about a bunch of features in yeah. Trails from Zero that we were all just like, we yeah, didn't see any of that speed in this. I got turbo mode. I don't know. Like, that's all we got. I can't. Yeah, they allow us to turn on the fast high speed mode, Matt, but there's there's no tweaking of it or there's not a lot of tweaking when it comes to the gameplay itself. That you can do, unfortunately. Yeah, which is why I'm surprised because, like I said, like I can read like the road signs like as crisp as day. Like I literally will look at them sometimes, being like, "Which way am I going?" Oh yeah, which sounds like you can't really do as well in the PlayStation version. And like I said, the the, the fast forward mode, you can tweak it both in battle and on the overworld. So it's like, yeah, it's unfortunate that's not there for you guys. Yeah, and again, it's not to, to Kevin's point earlier. I actually think it is a step up from zero. Like you can definitely tell that they did a little bit better work of it. Although I don't think either of us have played the original PSP version. So no, that's why I'm only, like, so we don't even know what the comparison would be. Maybe it's just better in that version. That's yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, if it's a yeah. direct port, then I think like Azure is just better than zero in general, like in yeah. terms of readability. So, cause, I, cause it's not even just, it doesn't even come down to just that too. Cause I think, and, and I'm curious to know what Matt has to say about this, but even just, I noticed it right away, even just in the prologue dungeon, because in the prologue dungeon, um, there was, there were, they, they showed off some machine in, in the dungeon itself. And it's just like the, the lowest, <laughs> low, lowest poly thing I've ever seen in my life where it looks like this arcade machine. Um, but, it, but it, like everything is just blurry. It's got like a couple circles on it and stuff like that. And I'm just like, what is that even supposed to be? Like, like they're talking about it. Like this machine is important for something. And I'm like, I can't even tell what that is by looking at it. 
So I was, I've been paying attention because of the conversation that we had last time. And I, I didn't notice anything wrong with the, with the machine or any of the kind of the dungeon overworld stuff. The one thing that I will say that I've noticed, like glaringly, like to the point where I laughed and I stood there laughing as I was looking at my Steam Deck, is the food. On the tables, it literally looks like they took a picture of a plate of dumplings, shrunk it, blew it up, shrunk it again, and then put it on the table. It looks like an actual picture that is pixelated so like, you know, back and forth and a hundred times over, like the food looks atrocious. And I don't mean like it just looks, oh, it's a low poly thing. Like it looks like, again, they took the pictures and they imported them in and they just kind of threw them on there using like Microsoft Paint. Uh, the food looks atrocious, but everything else I haven't noticed anything uh, glaring outside of, of the food itself on like the tables and stuff. It looks so hilariously bad. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's one of those things where it's, you know, it's not a deal breaker or anything like that, but it definitely mm-hmm. like it definitely takes me out of the experience anyways when playing through the game, especially when you're but like with a game like this, where it is so focused on exploration, it's like, it just makes me not want to explore it as much when, when you see stuff like that. So um, definitely, and especially knowing that there's some features missing, like I definitely would encourage the listeners. If you haven't picked this game up yet, your best bet is PC and P and switch. Not the one, on PlayStation. The, the one thing that I will say about the Steam Deck version, and I'm not sure if it's because, you know, I was playing a pre-release, uh, which, by the way, a huge thank you to NIS America for providing us codes. Um, but the Steam Deck, I could not carry over my save. Um, I loaded the game up. I didn't have Azure. I didn't have zero installed on the Steam Deck at the time. Loaded the game up. Couldn't find the save file. I deleted Azure, re-downloaded Zero, re-downloaded Azure, and it still wouldn't find the save file. So I had to go in with just like the stock settings that it kind of loads you in at. Um, so that's the one thing that I will say that I'm not sure whether it's been fixed, whether it was whether it is a Steam Deck issue or whether it was just like a pre-release problem. But I do want to caution for anybody who's thinking about going in on the Steam Deck, you may want to hop in on Steam on like, I don't know, maybe doing it on the PC directly would help. Um, but I was not able to load my save over to kind of continue on with my progress, um, which was unfortunate. I, I did find that disappointing. So that was one thing that I would say, uh, check if that's been fixed or not, because I'm not sure if it was an issue or if it's something that mm. just happened because I was playing it before. Yeah, I wonder well, I wonder if you had installed it on PC, if it would have found your save and then you could have done like cloud. That's what I mean. To your Steam Deck, yeah. I didn't I try know. that, but... It, it may be a workaround, but I just that is one thing that I want to caution folks of because that was disappointing. Yeah, 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 because I'm curious now if you were to go back and try it on just your PC, because that's probably how it has to do it, because maybe it is like a Steam Deck specific thing, because I know it worked. I know it worked for me, at least on PlayStation mm-hmm. 4. Same. I'm sure it did for Kevin, too. So. Yeah, I think it, I think I don't know what exactly is carried over. I think your bonding event for sure is probably um so because yeah. i, I well yeah think you have change. increased stats at the starts um because yeah. as i mentioned you start at level 50 instead of 45 you also get some some other bonuses as well so there are there is there is definitely reasons to carry your save over which just makes it even more disappointing that you couldn't carry it yep. over matt unfortunately which is too bad yep but yeah all in all i think it's time to move to final thoughts because i think for the most part it sounds like the three of us all like this game a lot. Um, but Kevin, we'll, we'll kind of do the round table here. Is there anything, you know, we didn't talk about already that you wanted to mention or just final thoughts on the game just before we move into questions? Um, I mean, my final thoughts are that it's, if people ask me what's the game that made me a Trails fan, this is the one I'm always going to point to. Um, I, I loved it. I think if you are a fan of political uh, stories like uh, I, I think of other JRPGs I've I've liked recently, like Triangle Strategy for one, where it is very heavily political. Um, give this game a shot. Uh, maybe well, obviously do zero first, but then come over here because this game really dives into the politics of Crossbell and Arabonia and all, all the other areas surrounding it, and I think it's a really interesting story. So uh, yeah, thumbs up for me. Highly recommend. Yeah, Matt. Same question. Yeah, no, um, I'm already super into this game. I knew I was going to be coming into it. Uh, A question that I get a lot is where do I start? Um, Just because the the game, if you do want the most out of it, it it can be daunting. It's a big series, um, you know, with Trails in the Sky, 
uh, Trails from Zero and Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, and I would kind of encourage you to start with either In the Sky or Cold Steel. I don't think Zero and, cro- and the Crossbell arc as a whole is the best jumping on point just because of how important it is to the overworld story as a whole. I don't think there's anything wrong with starting with Zero. And I mean, it's made Kevin a fan, which is fantastic until over the course of the Crossbell duology. Um, but I would say start with Sky or start with Cold Steel. Um because this game, even for someone, Kev, like I'm not one that's super into political intrigue and geopolitical politics. Um, and I love, love, love this story. Like if the the thing that bought me in initially were the characters and the gameplay. And once that catches you, you kind of get sucked in to the world at large because there's so much history here. This feels like a lived in world, like genuinely mm-hmm. um, that as you start to read it, you could be swear that you're reading a history textbook from a hundred years ago um, just because of how much depth there is here. And it's the, the, the thing that I love about this series as a whole is it literally will give you as much as you put into it if you put in the time. And I think that more people should, if you're looking for a fantastic, you know, strategy RPG experience, um, I would say start with Sky, start or start with Cold Steel, and I promise you, you'll end up coming back to Crossbell because it these games are wonderful. Yeah. And I actually think even like Trails of Cold Steel be, might be the best place to start because it is the most modern game. Yep. And there's a lot of modern conveniences there. And I think for a... You know, someone who maybe didn't you know, grow up with classic JRPGs, like I think it's probably that would that's probably the best place to start. Quagmire, by the way, had a question about that, was asking, of course, if one were to jump into Trails, what game should they start with? Are any of them skippable? Are some hard to access, i.e. on older systems or no digital copies or et cetera? And luckily, now that this is out, besides, you know, uh, Trails of Reverie, for the most part, we've got most of these games now. Yeah. So. Yeah, all the all the Cold Steel games are on PlayStation, and they might all be on Switch. I know four is on Switch. Uh, um, Cold Steel one and two are not. On I think three and four okay. are on Switch. Yeah. Three and four are on Switch, but they're all on Steam. The yep. Sky games are on. Every game is on Steam, actually. So you yep. can, if yeah. you have a and the older ones especially don't you don't need a p- gaming PC to play them. They're very very basic JRPGs. So uh, I definitely don't say start with. Zero, unlike me, I know I, that's what I did, but I have I'm skipping the Sky games for now just because Reverie's coming, and I, yep. I got to play Cold Steel. I'm gonna go back to them, but if I had a choice, I would have started with Sky. Yeah, and the thing that I will say about Cold Steel is I'm very jealous of anybody who's going to be playing them now, just because and like I this isn't a spoiler, but it is in a way. All of those games and with absolutely brutal cliffhangers. So the multiple year wait between each game is atrocious. Um, so I'm very glad for anybody who's going to be playing these now because I like you will end the game and immediately want to go into the next one just because of the absolute mastercraft that this entire story is. Um, so I just I'm jealous for anybody who's going to be experiencing it for the first time because they're wonderful. Nice. Nice. Well, anyways, let's move on to questions. Because we got we got a couple questions here, including uh, some you know non trails of Azure uh, trails to Azure questions. We're start with Drellish who has a whole bunch of random questions here. Hi, I have a question. What is Tales of Reverie? I also have another question. What is Trails in the Sky? How do they all fit together? Which one should I play first? Is my save file important? Also, why should I play this game? Also, why is it not as good as Octopath Traveler Two? Okay, so, can I? Yeah, absolutely, yes. Matt. Take it away. Okay. Trails into Reverie is a culmination of everything that's come so far. You're taking the main character from Cold Steel, the main character from Crossbell, and you're adding in a new third character. And also Cold Steel introduces characters from Trails in the Sky uh, in 3 and in 4. So all of this is coming together. This is a massive geopolitical conflict with multiple states and multiple countries all on one map. You do need to play all of them if you want everything from the story, because I promise you, if one of these series, like if one of the In the Sky, Crossbell, or Cold Steel series gets you in, you will want to go back and see what else is going on because they all do play into one another. Your your save file is important within each series just because they will carry over and they will get buffs and stats in between them all. Why should you play them? They're incredible. They tell a fantastic, mature, and one just fantastic, one of my favorite stories in all of gaming. Um, And yeah, start with Cold Steel or start within the sky. uh, And I promise you, you will be in for the rest of them. Yeah. And Trails of Reverie, again, think of it like Endgame, where in order to get the most at Endgame, you had to watch all the Avengers movies. You had to watch all the MCU stuff. Same deal here. You got to you got to play all the Cold Steel stuff there. I played I played, of course, to Matt's heart there with the the Marvel stuff. You did. So there you go. Yeah. But then 
it's time to party up because we got some non-trails questions. We're going to start with Blaze Knight, who asked the question, what are some of your favorite classic RPGs that are playable on modern consoles, either via collections or remastered? So to give y'all mm. some time to think, I had some some options come up here because, of course, we're spoiled for choice on the PlayStation side of consoles because uh, some of my favorites, of course, Chrono Cross, you know, I know that the Radical Dreamers edition that came out last year um, wasn't the greatest version of that game at launch. They've patched it to now it runs better than the PlayStation 1 version. It looks better. Um, and Chrono Cross is one of my favorite all-time games. So got to give Chrono Cross a shout out. Um, also got to give a shout out to The Legend of Dragoon, um, which again, had a save or sorry, a, a problem where you couldn't actually progress through the game when it came to PlayStation 5. Now that's been fixed. And it's actually a really good version of that game. And it's got trophies now. So um, it's definitely worth going back to. So those are definitely two of my favorites um, games that we've got collection via collections or remasters. Also, the other one I'm going to sh- give a shout out to, which is very similar to the Trails games, is uh, Valkyria Chronicles. Um, Valkyria Chronicles Remastered, I think, is an excellent game from Sega, an underrated game from the PlayStation 3 era. So given that, a shout out as well. Kevin, what do you think about this question? Uh, I'm going to shout out. No one's going to be surprised. Uh, Tales of Symphonia Remastered, everyone. Uh, I, I know classic might depend on how old you are, but this is a GameCube game that came out uh, almost 20 years ago at this point. So uh, it's available everywhere now, remastered. It is 30 FPS, but uh, still go pick it up for $40. Uh, you can play it and, and love it. It's my favorite game of all time. Other than that, I would say um, just because... We're talking about a Falcom game. Uh, A lot of the Ease games are available on modern consoles, um, especially ones that have been remade. So I know uh, Memories of Celseta is on PlayStation. I want to say it's on Steam as well. And that is a remake of number four, I believe. Um, And then... You have uh, Oath uh, in Falgana, which is on Steam. That's a remake of three, eight, or four, five, six. No, six, not six, four. <laughs> Look, Yo, these games too are confusing. Many. There's too many, and they're not in order of timeline we either, bro. Three to six so the, fast. The no, these games is are bad. literally all over the place. It's I not actually, five because I know five hasn't been remade yet. I think they're going to do that one after 10. But yeah. yes, go. Go play those ones. They're they're actually really good. I didn't like six or one and two. I didn't like those ones. Don't play them. Nice. Matt? Uh, for me, I'm going to shout one out that will be relevant again soon. And I'm just going to reach behind me and grab this guy and tell oh. you to go play the Mega Man Battle Network yes. series. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, absolutely love them. Some of my favorite games of all time. I can't put this back. I'm dropping everything. Uh, some yeah. of my favorite games of all time. Um, again, uh, in stories that build on one another is things that happen before are important later. It's just such a fun and, and like charming and heartwarming world. Uh, and it's, it's just a total blast. And again, I'm so happy that we're getting a collection just to sh- a few short weeks uh, because these games, I hope find a whole new audience of people to play them because they are just wonderful. I mean, I'm the, the mega man person at carpool gaming and I've never played these games. So like, what? I am actually so excited to play them because I've played, played them. No, I mean, I've literally played every other mega man game, even mega man three on DOS, but I have not played the mega man battle network games. Any of them. I've never played any of them. So, oh, you're I, for a treat. You're yeah. for a treat. I pre-ordered I, it already. So, yeah, no, I, I pre-ordered it too because there was actually like uh, Amazon Canada. It's side, it's side tangent. And Amazon Canada, of course, decided to list it like twenty dollars off for the physical copy, and then they and then they changed the price back up. But I locked it in ahead of time, so getting that discount where I can. Uh, next up, Brian Eck asked the question: With the eShop closing soon, what are some RPG or JRPG hidden gems you recommend picking up from the store? before it closes. So first off, I'm going to say if you've never played Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U, it is not a hidden... First of all, none of the games I'm going to talk about are hidden gems because I just don't think there are a lot of JRPG hidden gems that I've played on Wii U or 3DS. Um, A lot of these games are just popular staples and you're just going to have to deal with it. But the reason it's important to mention Xenoblade Chronicles X, number one, it's my favorite Xenoblade Chronicles game. But number two... um, if you don't download the high texture packs now, even if you buy the physical copy before the store closes, uh, you'll be getting an inferior version of that game if you don't download them because it it'll be it, it'll look like um, the the te- like worse versions of the textures that we saw in Trails 
to to Azure at this point. So, yeah, it, it, that's definitely a, a recommendation of mine. Also, the Persona Q games on 3DS, I really enjoyed, and I don't see them ever coming to other consoles. So you're going to want to grab them now before the physical prices really shot, shoot up for those. So those are my recommendations. Uh, you got any eShop games, Kevin, at all? The the 3DS is closing, right? That's, uh, I don't, I don't 3DS and Wii. Okay. Um, Tales of the Abyss. That's grab that one. Uh, and it's probably uh, one of the high one the, the high bar ones you need to grab, especially because uh, physical copies that are already uh, up to $80 I'm seeing online here. So if you can get that on uh, the, the digital eShop, grab that. And then I would go um, Soul Hackers 1. Yeah. All right. Maybe grab that one as well. I think uh, um, online it's already above 60 as well. So maybe grab That's that. That's changed quick because when I looked on price charting for that two months ago for a video, it was $15. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I think the prices have already started to go up ahead of it. So I would grab those two for sure. Yeah. Matt? I think you, you guys nailed it. I have, no, I have no, no additional notes. Perfect. And the last question of the week comes to us from Jellish, who says, my final question, remember we asked all those questions earlier, who <laughs> should Jellish. who should not play Diablo 4? Not who should play Diablo 4. Who should not play Diablo 4? For whom is it wrong to play this game? So first off, I think after the beta, I think everyone should play Diablo 4 because it's awesome. Um, but uh, I mean, if you're not into action RPGs, you're not going to be into Diablo 4, probably not. And uh, small children probably shouldn't play Diablo 4 either because it's definitely a much more uh, mature game this time around. I know a lot of people were asking in the Discord uh, for us to do a Diablo 4 beta discussion, and that is coming next week. So uh, we'll look out for that on the channel. Um, I have a couple of special guests that have pulled in for that, uh, but I don't want to confirm them at this time, just in case anyone cancels. But we will have a Diablo 4 discussion because we want to play it this weekend with, with the, the updated version of the beta with the Necromancer and the Druid added to it before we give our thoughts. But uh, did you either of you guys check out the Diablo 4 beta at all? No. No. no? Cool. Uh, I haven't pre-ordered it and uh, the double down offer is not available to us Canadians. Mm. Um, but what I will say is that I do think that uh, a lot of the people that I see talking about uh, Diablo 4 and the beta uh, are people who have wonderful facial hair. Um, Kevin, wonderful facial hair, Ryan, wonderful facial hair, facial hair, me, pretty good facial hair. Um, and what I would like to point out is that court calls himself uh, a Diablo fan. I don't believe him. Uh, he doesn't have the facial hair to support this. Uh, and, uh, and a big trending topic on Twitter today, uh, was should court grow a mustache and overwhelmingly the answer is yes. And he's being difficult about it. So I just want everybody to go out to go to, go to at HTTP colon backslash backslash www.twitter.com slash court and go tell him to grow a mustache and then he'll be able to play Diablo 4. I think this is important. So I think people who don't have proper facial hair um, shouldn't play Diablo 4. And I also just want to say proper facial hair is also just a, a spirit, a spiritual thing. It could be like a, uh, it doesn't have to be direct facial hair. Uh, Court has neither. So uh, go tell him to grow a mustache um, and then he'll be able to play Diablo 4 Drellish. So that's who should not be playing is a non-facial haired Court Lalonde. But, but like, what are women supposed to do? They don't have facial hair. I said it, it's In a spiritual the, it, it's thing. A spirit, it, can, yeah. it can be like the energy of, of facial hair. Oh, okay. And, and Court doesn't even have that. Starving out there. Definitely does not have that. But no. anyways, let's, we got to wrap this conversation. We got to get out of here. So, uh... First of all, thank you both, Kevin and Matt, for joining me on the show tonight. I, I really appreciate y'all appreciate y'all jumping in. Also, I want to say again, we Matt said it a little bit earlier, but I want to say thank you again to our friends at NIS America for all providing us codes for Charles to Azure so we could have this discussion. Um, they've been incredible supporters of the show for a long time. And I just wanted to say a huge shout out to them for always being amazing to work with. So thank you for that for sending that over. Uh Kevin, where can people find you on the internet, my friend? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Always love this. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping we can get back together for Trails into Reverie. That would be a great time, a little endgame celebration. But you can find me over at Save the Game Media uh, on our YouTube or one of our many podcast feeds, just like Carpool Gaming. We got 10,000 podcasts, so uh, you can find us over there. Drop us a subscription if you if you want to help me out and, and you like what you hear. But uh, you can find me personally over on Twitter at the TheMuffinMon. That's a 1 and 7 I and O and 7 A. Yeah, and they'd also be super nice and go over to your review of Trails of Asher and they go could. leave a like there as well. 
Just, oh, just to be fine. super nice. Uh, and uh, Matt, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me over here on Carpool Gaming uh, each and every week on the PlayStation Drive, usually at 1 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. Uh, wreaking havoc and, uh, you know, taking shows off rails pretty quickly. That's uh, that's my shtick and nothing will ever change. Very nice, my friend. You can, find me on Twitter. you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Silver Soul. And that's when the show off the, went off the rails. <laughs> As for me, you can find me over on Netscape Navigator. Head on over to your address bar and type in http colon forward slash forward slash www.twitter.com slash Ryan Turford. You also find us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming on YouTube at youtube.com slash Carpool Gaming podcast services around the globe. So for Kevin Ainsworth and Matt Sawinski, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been the 87th level of the RPG Cave and we're out. Bye. The RPG Caves Mana is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpool gaming. And we want to say thank you to all of our patrons, starting with our ultimate producers, Robbie Bobby Miller. You can please subscribe to Robbie Bobby Miller's Twitch channel over at twitch.tv slash Robbie Bobby Miller today. Trucker Sloth, Tony Baker from the Quest for Pixels podcast. Please subscribe to them over at youtube.com slash Quest for Pixels today. Jonathan Brown. The new album from PME called Video Game Boy is available now on Spotify and Apple Music. Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. Links are in the show notes. Please support these ultimate producers. Our platinum producers, Marcus McCracken and RJ Kern. And our gold members, Anna, Cecily Carroza, Dallas Robbins, Drellish, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, and Tim Pallon. Thank you all for all of your support. And if you're thinking of jumping on into the car with us, head over to patreon.com slash carpool gaming and choose the tier that's right for you.